This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. On Thursday, the Environmental Protection Agency issued some major roadblocks for a troubled refinery in the U.S. Virgin Islands to restart its operations. The facility, which is located in St. Croix, used to be one of the world's largest oil and gas refineries. It was shut down for about a decade before the Trump administration reinstated its permits. But then, days after it began operating again, the Biden administration shut it down for showering oil droplets onto homes and residents of the island, which is majority black. So today, I check in with Politico's Alex Guillen about the backstory of the plant, what EPA says the plant needs to do before it can restart, and the Biden administration's environmental justice concerns. It's Friday, November 18th. So Alex, can you break down EPA's announcement Thursday about the next steps for a shuttered refinery located at St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands? So what does the plant need to do before restarting operations? Yeah, so the owners had hoped to get it back up and running sooner rather than later, but EPA put a big damper on that. It said on Thursday that it's going to require it to get what is called a prevention of significant deterioration permit if it wants to reopen. And what that means is it's going to have to go through this pretty lengthy permitting process where they look at all the various operations and equipment at the plant and say, is this using the best available emissions control technology, so pollution controls? Does it have the most up-to-date stuff? And the short answer, of course, is that it doesn't because this plant has been offline for 10 years. It's going to have to go through this lengthy permitting process. EPA estimated it would take about three years, so quite extensive. And in addition to just the general cost of going through that permitting process, the pollution controls it would have to install will probably tally up into the hundreds of millions of dollars according to EPA. So this is a big deal for this refinery. And these PSD permits are the kind of things that big emitters, like, you know, industrial facilities and that kind of thing, have to go through whenever they make a major change or if they come back online after being offline for a very long time, like the St. Croix refinery here. Wow. So this plant has quite the history. It had once been one of the world's largest oil and gas refiners. As you said, it was shut down for a decade. It was brought back by the Trump administration and then shut down again by the Biden administration last year because the plant sent oil droplets across the community surrounding the facility, which is majority black. It sent some residents to emergency rooms. For those of us who aren't up to speed, can you explain how we got to this point? Yeah, so the rain of oil droplets that drew so many headlines back in 2021 and then drew all this EPA attention, including sort of this unusual shutdown order that the EPA had to issue, it all came about by all accounts because of basically poor maintenance. You know, this facility had been offline for 10 years or so, and it seems that the equipment started malfunctioning. It was only a few days after they brought the plant back online in early 2021 that residents started smelling noxious fumes. They would wake up in the morning and there would be oil slicks on their houses and cars and gardens. And so the company said that was some sort of flare malfunction, I believe. But basically, yeah, the effects were just egregious enough that EPA had to order an immediate shutdown. And they've been working ever since then to figure out what the status of this plant is and what it would need to do to comply with the Clean Air Act in order to come back into operation. 
More recently, the agency sent in inspectors in September, I believe, and they went inside and basically said there's corrosion and degradation everywhere. They're concerned about release of toxic chemicals that are used at the site and that kind of thing. So it overall sounds like a pretty grim picture and, you know, potentially looking at major costs if they want to get back up and running. So what is this action more broadly by the Biden administration? Tell us about how it intends to address issues of environmental justice or how it intends to treat communities that are suffering from high pollution levels. Yeah, this is sort of a tricky one. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, this island, the 40,000, 45,000 people who live on this island around it, they are majority black and this pollution is literally landing on their yards. Yeah, this is definitely being come at as an environmental justice issue. Administrator Regan said that these people have been dealing with these effects for too long. It's time to step up and make things right with the refinery. It's interesting as well because this refinery for a long time was obviously a major economic force on St. Croix. But of course, since it's been offline for 10 years, it, it is a lot less so far. And I think residents are also starting to look at the effects of climate change, being an island there. And they're also, it's gotten to the point, the degradation and the pollution, where I think the negatives for a lot of people are starting to outweigh whatever positive economic benefits the refinery might have. Right. And so what happens next with the refinery? You outlined how it's going to take quite a lot to get it up and going. Does it seem like these new requirements foreclose the refinery from opening again? And are there certain activists maybe saying the EPA could have done more to ensure that? Or are these you know, requirements so onerous that it might just have that effect? We're in a wait and see period at the moment. We want to see what the owners say. The refinery was sold at a bankruptcy auction last December for, I think it was $62 million. So right off the bat there, you can see that the cost of getting this PSD permit is going to be multiple times what they paid for the actual refinery itself, and potentially even more than that. So the company is surely going to have to do some accounting to figure out what the financially sound thing to do is here. It's not clear how long that might take them. And the other sort of little bit of drama here is that there's some disagreement over whether there are two companies that own this refinery or if one of them does and the other one is an investor, which affects, you know, who has to pay for what and that kind of thing. They're currently battling that out, but it seems EPA is treating them as co-owners for the moment. So we'll have to see how that lands as well. Also, the nation's grid reliability coordinator is saying that large swaths of the U.S. power grid are not fully prepared for extreme cold weather ahead of this winter, and that the grid could see forced outages or other emergency responses as a result. That's what the Director of Reliability Assessment and Performance Analysis at the North American Electric Reliability Corporation said during a call with reporters on Thursday. Texas, the Northeast, the Midwest, and Southeast are all at the highest risk of emergency conditions, and according to the reliability coordinator, the elevated risk is primarily primarily driven by an uptick in demand, a lack of winter preparedness for power generators, along with supply chain disruptions. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed of a mysterious breakmaster cylinder. Nirmal Malaykal is the podcast producer. Raghu Manuvalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amitz is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Chevron. 
the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.